The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. By tomorrow, I will rule the world! You think he's gone? He's not gone! That's the whole point! He's never gone! Is this some radical new therapy? You see? New start, press any key. Where's the any key? Welcome, you've got mail. Well, I mustn't have been paying attention when you were just talking to me. Do you think that you could repeat the question and I listen more attentively? There must have been something. Let's get this show on the road. Actually, if you could. Bring my volume up just a little bit. Where's the any key? Try and make this work today. I feel like crap, and yet I'm here. Why? I'm here for you. Here for you guys. Tom Duggan here on the Paying Attention Podcast every Thursday at 2 or somewhere thereof when Paul decides to be on time. Um, We have a lot of stuff to get to today. We're going to try and breeze through it. Um, hi, Kathleen Moran. She's saying hello live on uh, on Facebook. Uh, those of you who follow me on Facebook, you can also download the audio of this show on Spotify, Apple Play, all that other stuff, Spreaker, Podbean, um, all, all the rest of them. UnitedPodcastNetwork.tv. .tv. Um, and uh, so those who are watching it live on Facebook... Uh, welcome. Those who are listening on the download or listening live, also welcome. Uh, we are here high atop the Two Guys Smoke Shop in Salem, New Hampshire at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. Uh, we also want to encourage you to listen to the other podcasts um, here at Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. we get got the Writer's Block. we get got the Cigar Authority. We've got Success in the 603. Did I get that yeah, right? Yeah, that's coming right? up next. And, and is that coming up next? I yep. hear that's a really good show. I haven't had a chance to see it yet, but I hear it's really good. Um, and then we got a couple of other shows here, too, that we promote. Political um, TNT. Well, that's the best one. Exactly. Including this show, that's actually the best <laughs> one. But I choose between watching my show and watching their show, I'm watching their show. Uh, Tom and Nancy Troy do a great job. They were getting um, a little physical today. Oh, really? Good. All right. We have to, we have to watch that. Now, you should tag me in those when you guys go live so I can, yeah. I can share it out and help you guys get some, uh, get some viewers. So, hi. How are you guys doing? How's everything going? You in the red car. Good? Good? All right. Very good. Watch out for that. Watch out for the truck. Um, we have, there's a lot of stuff going on. I want, before I get to any local stuff, uh, breaking news, George Bush, still dead. Still? Still dead. Um, every single time I flip on Fox or CNN or MSNBC, which I really don't watch all that much, uh, it's breaking news. George Bush still dead. And boy, did they beat that horse to death. Boy, did they beat it to death. Did you know that his last words, Paul, were I, I, know. Were, I love you? And his son said I, know. said, I love you. And then he said, I love you too. Yeah. Whoa. Breaking news. <laughs> I am not. George Bush said, I love you. And his father said, I love you too. Every friggin' five minutes on every channel, as if we didn't get it the first 3,000 times they said it, Paul. Uh, Pardon me for not joining in with your cynicism today on this. All right. All right. I thought it was a very good and touching ceremony, uh, the parts that I saw. And yes, George Bush Jr. said the last words of George Bush Sr. It was right in his, uh, what do you call it, memorial um, speech uh, uh, in front of the whole world. But uh, His eulogy? Yes, thank You're you. You're the religious guy. I got to give you religious I, words? I, I am, you are I'm, way off your game I'm today. I'm too frazzled trying to get here on time. Well, yeah. Uh, You'll notice when they pay him, though, he's here on time. You'll notice that. <laughs> When they paid him to play him, when they paid him to play music, he was yeah, an hour early, and everything. I walked yeah. in. I walked in an Gosh. hour early. He was already here. A whole hour. Yeah. <laughs> isn't that amazing? It's weird how that works, isn't it? Wow. Yeah, but um. Go ahead, Paul. Tell me why I I'm wrong. Think that there was nothing wrong with. I thought it was. Um, I thought it was pretty classy. Um, I I think even CNN the, with that the, the tiny bit that I saw them cover, I thought they were doing a relatively decent job. Well, they got you fooled. Well, they may have got me fooled. Um, I, I'm not fooled as to as to 
you know, their general gist, but from from the, his, his the, people CNN, who, the people who were speaking did a fairly decent job. No, I don't I, think I so at all. Okay. Here's what CNN well, did. Side different things, man. Uh, George Bush, by the way, is a hero. Yeah. He's the greatest president who ever lived. Breaking news, CNN. George H.W. Bush is the great. He's never done anything wrong in his life. Everything he's ever done was perfect. He was awesome. And, and look how awesome he was compared to Donald Trump. Well, Look, that's, when they say, oh, he was so nice, unlike our current president, every single thing was sure, coached with. I'm sure you saw that on The View also. Did you see it with Joy, Joy uh, Behar and, I, uh, I, I really don't, and I Ma- mean, Megan McCain? No, it was all over the internet. Right, uh, yeah, this, no. this particular 20-second scene between her, Behar, and uh, Cindy McCain. You know whatever. what that show is for? That show is for stupid, but, uneducated women who are home alone all day, I either, understand. either watching their kids or have nothing to right. do because they don't work. And they're being indoctrinated by all the nonsense. Absolutely. No question about it. But yes, it is a it's difficult for leftists to ignore the political uh, opportunity to destroy Donald Trump. Right. The, you can see that it's kind of skewed with, look when Republicans were sort of sane. Now look what, what we have, right, that right. kind of thing. Yeah. The other thing, Paul, is that today, George H.W. Bush was perfect. He never did anything wrong well, in his life. But wasn't it like 10 minutes ago, like last October, when he was a sexual predator? Remember that? He was the, the CNN story I posted on my page yesterday. In October of 2017, George H.W. Bush was a sexual oh, predator. For, uh, for touching somebody's butt? Because in his wheelchair, yeah, he yes. supposedly touched some nurse's bum and made a nasty yeah. comment. And even though he's even though he's in his 90s and he's in failing health, right. shouldn't he be prosecuted too? Isn't this part of the Me Too movement? That George H.W. Bush, well, he's a Republican, you know. <laughs> and, you know, those, those conservatives, we all know what friggin' perverts they are. And it was absolutely... Ad nauseum for three straight days. I remember it because I watch CNN every day. And I remember when that happened. And I remember this poor 90-something-year-old guy is being besmirched all over CNN. And now suddenly he's dead and we can use all the nice things people say about him to say, look how evil Donald Trump is. Mm. So, so as of mm. today, as of yeah, a week ago, he was a sexual predator who needed to be prosecuted even though he's in a wheelchair and he's in his 90s. Today, he's the second coming of Christ. Right? Am I wrong about this? I sort of just chopped it up to this is what happens when anybody dies. They become, you know, they're instantly canonized. Well, yes, we have they this, never did anything wrong. Right, we have the script. Can I just borrow this for a minute? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so this just in, we have the script. Prince is now dead. Uh, mm-hmm. It's terrible that Prince is dead. Uh, everyone loved him. He brought a smile to everyone's face. He lit up every room he walked into. No one had a bad word to say about him. Every friggin' person who dies, it's the mm. same script. Oh, wait, uh, who else died recently? Uh, uh, somebody else just recently died. Um, Ken Berry. Ken Berry oh, died. Yeah. Wait a minute. Here we go. Ken, breaking news, Ken Berry died. Everyone loved him. He brought a smile to everyone's face. He lit up every room he walked into. No one ever had a bad word to say about him. Give me a friggin' break. It's a script that they use every time somebody dies, every single time someone dies. Well, it's dies. not just the media that uses the script. It's sort of universal. Well, because they've indoctrinated people so much that this is what you're supposed to say. And if you're at a funeral, mm-hmm. and I've, seen, I've actually seen this happen. Okay. If you're at a funeral and a, and a, and a bunch of uh, reporters show up outside the funeral and they go over to interview someone, People know what they have to say to get on TV. They have to say, everyone loved him. He never did anything bad to anyone. He, he was always so kind to everyone he came in contact with. No one had a bad word to say about him. He lit up every room he walked into. And it gets to the point where, like, if you're a media watcher like I am, if, if you're just like a regular brainwashed person who watches TV mm. intermittently, you don't get it. But if you watch TV as, as quickly and closely as I do, it really just becomes maddening. It, be, it, it does. It becomes maddening. It's like, oh, my God. As soon as they say breaking news, someone died. I don't care who it is. Mm. I could do the next three days of, of, of news coverage because well, it's just – it's all scripted. They don't, it's, they don't have to do any work. It, it is, and it's all repeated. However, let's, let's give uh, – I don't know. Let's let, – let's, provide a balanced way of looking at this. Okay. They are 24-7 news networks. Right. So they figure maybe every hour or so we have a whole different um, audience. Right. So we need to repeat everything that we said so poignantly the first hour. 
And so they, and they have to try to pretend like they're, they're genuine every time they repeat the same thing. So it sounds, if, if, if you're somebody like you that, that watches it 24 hours a day, or as much as you can, maybe if it, they did it'll a, get hugely old. Maybe if they did a better job, they wouldn't mm. lose their audience every hour, and they wouldn't have to repeat it for the new audience that comes well, in every hour. Most people maybe, are busy with work. Yeah, I mean, look, I, 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 and I'm not... Please don't send me emails saying that I'm disparaging George H.W. Bush. I'm not. We're talking about the media coverage. And I know there's a lot of people out there who they don't understand English all that well. Even though, like, they understand how to speak English. They just don't understand how to listen to English. How to interpret it. Right? So I'm going to get emails from people saying, oh, it's horrible that you said bad things about Bush. I didn't say one bad thing about Bush. We're talking about the media coverage and how they over and over and over and over and over how George H. George George Bush said I love you to his father and his father said I love you too over and over and over and over and here's the other thing that I found really funny CNN and the rest of the liberal media which hates Catholics hates Catholicism hates conservatives hates religion in general for the last two days have been showing Catholic church services Actually, I don't. And I thought I actually found that a little refreshing. I actually kind of liked it. It was refreshing. I don't think it was a Catholic church. I think it was an Episcopal church. All right, but it's something. Well, being very, a Jew, I don't know the difference so, anymore. Something so. very close. But yeah, they, I, it seems like to me that uh, they have been given at least an air of respect to the whole thing. Even though, like ten minutes ago, he was a sexual mm-hmm. predator, and everybody, <laughs> you know, he should have been prosecuted because you know he's he's actually a rapist at this point, right? Well, they know the mood of the country. When somebody dies, when a president dies, most people want to go in there and, and commiserate and, and respect the guy. So even places like CNN and MSNBC are going to be very respectful for the sake of keeping their audience. I think. Yeah, I don't know that MSNBC was all that respectful, mm-hmm. but um, I think. Um, only under the guise of using George Bush's death to attack Donald Trump hmm. was CNN somewhat respectful. And then, of course, we have Don Lemon, who started off his show last night with Donald Trump entered the, uh, entered the church yesterday. Hmm. And in typical racist Nazi fashion. Really? He refused to shake the hand. Of Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton. How, can, how could he sit next to Barack he, Obama? He did. He, he did. That? And then he says, he sat next to Barack Obama. I couldn't have sat there next to him. I can't believe Barack Obama shook his hand. Like, Bill, Bill like and the, Hillary. Story, the story is George Bush died and Don Lemon spent an hour last night talking about how Trump sat next to George Bush, sat next to the Obamas, and how the Obamas were so much better than he is by shaking his hand. Because we all know mm. that, that Donald Trump used the racial slur that Barack Obama was not born in the United States, he, he, that, that, uh, that he had a, right. a fake birth certificate. Mm. Somehow, and I'm still trying to figure I'm waiting for someone with any intelligence at all to explain to me how... That's racial. Believing that, that, Donald, that Barack Obama was not born in the United States and that he might have mm. faked his birth certificate has anything to do with race, has anything to do yeah, with I, racism. I never understood that. And they whatsoever. keep repeating the racist, how he, he started the racist I mean, birther there's whole, movement. There's a whole lot of black it's people racism. That, that are citizens of this country. Why would that have anything to do with the race? It's racism, I, I Paul. I don't get it. Paul, but, if, you, if you ask questions, you must be a racist, <laughs> too. I, don't, I just want clarification. No, you hate black people. We yeah. know. All right. If you can't but, figure out how, yeah. how calling someone a... Uh, not a citizens of the United States is a, is, a, is racist. You must be a Nazi too. Must be. Is there a swastika over here? I'm just uh, checking. I'm, I'm Don Lemon. I gotta look. Let okay. Me okay. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, did you see the footage of when 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 um, when uh, Donald Trump and his wife came in? Yes. Okay. So you saw how the Obamas kind of looked at him and smiled a little, little bit, and they, right. and they were the handshake. Right. The Clintons didn't even look at him. No. So there wasn't any welcoming hints that they wanted a handshake from Well, that's because Hillary's Trump. going to jail, and she knows it. <laughs> and she knows he's the one that's going to uh, put it, her there. It was especially Hillary that, that kept the stoic, serious face and right. looked straight ahead when Donald Trump was to the, to right. the right of her. Right. But, now, let's pretend that Donald Trump was a liberal Democrat. Yeah. Here's how the story would have played on CNN yesterday. All right. Donald Trump came into the stu- came into the church and he walked in and can you believe those evil Republican Clintons looked at him and refused to shake his hand? They wouldn't mm. even look at him. Yes. That would have been the narrative. Probably. That would have yeah. been the narrative. That's what they would have seen. So, you know, they, they come on with all of their lies and it's just lie after lie after lie after lie. And and I sit there, I actually laugh because I think it's comedy. And it's not even mm. news anymore. To me, it's comedy. Because I watch this and I think there are actually adults, grown adults who were born in this country and actually went to school and actually like know how to form a coherent thought, 
who watch this channel and think mm. it's real. Mm. Right? Yes. And then of course and then of course same Q- people that watch the view. Right, yeah, right. It's the same people <laughs> who watch the view and you and you watch this and they say things like uh, well, the birther, the, Donald Trump called him, uh, he was a birther, and he, he didn't believe in uh, Obama being born in the United States. It's racism. It's racism. And I'm like, and not wait, only that, wait, how, what? How did, how did the term birther even be born? <laughs> Pardon the pun. I mean, why does it have a, turn, a term for itself? Well, that's what the media why not, does. Yeah, they, why not just create a term. people who are questioning whether he was born here? Why do we have to have this popular term right. that has become popularized? And quite frankly, I'm not, sure that Barack, I'm not sure that Barack Obama was born in this country. That's I, never been resolved as far as I'm I concerned. I have yet to be convinced. Yeah, me, me too. And here's the thing. It's like, it doesn't matter at this point because the guy right. was already president. He's already out. But don't tell me that because I don't buy the propaganda – that A, I'm a racist, because that's what they're really saying. What they're saying is if you believe what Trump believes, you're a racist, you're a Nazi, right? You, you must hate black people because it's a racial slur to question the first African-American president of the United States. Are you doing Don Lemon again? Yes. <laughs> how, how could he possibly say that about the first African-American pre- Let's remember how these guys are all running around like they're investigative journalists. Can we remember the investigative journalism that happened under the eight years of Obama? They're having press conferences and Don Lemon's in the back going, Mr. President, I have one question. Um, how did you get so awesome? <laughs> how, how did you become so incredible? I mean, yeah. is it, how does it feel to be the first African-American president? <laughs> like, these are the kind of questions that Obama got. Right? Yeah, pretty and then, much. And then Trump has one, and they're like, hey, how come you're a Nazi? <laughs> and it's like, yeah, well, that's real That that's real objective yeah. journalism, isn't it? Isn't that real? Mm-hmm. Like, how do these people How do these people actually pretend for their audience that they're objective journalists? Like Anderson Cooper and all the rest of these guys. Like, how do, how do, they, how do they sleep at night? I, I don't get it. Well, they sleep at night by... All of them supporting each other. Yeah. It's like the more support you get, the more you're up to Well, that's sleep it. They're, they're actually trying to impress each other when they're at these press conferences at the White House. They're all trying to outdo each other. They're all trying to out-liberal each other and out-Nazi each other. Like, each one's trying to ask, like, a question that's more outrageous than the last one. So, like, and I'll go in the back afterwards and do high fives. Did you see what I said? Because mm-hmm. they think it's about them. Like, that idiot Jim Acosta thinks it's about him. He thinks he's the story. Uh, newsflash, you're a peon. If you, if, God forbid, you got fired or you died tomorrow, they would replace you with another guy that looks just like you, and nobody would remember who you are. Not one person. Five years from now, we'd say, hey, remember Jim Acosta? And 100 out of 100 people would say, who? So you're not the story. Probably. You're not the story, Jim Acosta and these other CNN clowns. They're, they're just not, and they try to be the story. And the, the real funny thing about all of this is when – Donald Trump fights back and says, yeah, but I'm president and, like, you're not. Oh, man, you should see how they flip out. They flip out for the next two hours on CNN. Yeah. And I can't, let's remember the things that Donald Trump said about George Bush. Hmm. Right? They don't want to talk about the things they said about George Bush 10 minutes ago when he was a sexual predator. But they pull out all the, all the, all the videos of ever, all the mean things that Donald Trump said about George Bush when he was alive. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable. Remember, they... Um they uh, replaced the, the fake news media is the enemy of the people to the media. The media is the, is enemy, the enemy of the people, right. The yeah, people. but this is what they do. It's yeah. total indoctrination. It's just total lies on every channel. It's just hysterical. And then we had this whole global warming thing came up in the last week. Did you watch that? Uh, Donald Trump it keeps getting asked if the wildfires in, in California are from oh. global warming. And, and um, geez, it, got, it was really hot yesterday. It was global warming. Wait, there was a brisk wind. It's global warming. And how can you deny science? Isn't it amazing how liberals discover science when it comes to global warming? But when it comes to abortion, they pay no attention to science. No, no. science isn't really quite, quite all that important when it comes to when it comes to uh, when it comes to that. Which means that they're anti-science, right? If, if they don't uh, if they don't put their faith in science across the board, they're anti-science, right? So I want to know why the liberals are anti-science when it comes to abortion, because yeah. we know that science tells us that life begins at conception. That's science. Life Science 101, I remember like my, I remember my science book and it had a flower yeah. with a bee on the flower mm-hmm. and it described when life begins, when, the, hmm. when, when, the poll, when it's pollinated, when, whether, it's, whether it's humans, whether it's hippopotamuses, whether it's flowers, life begins at conception, hmm. right? Yeah, I mean, there's nothing simpler. Right. 
So I want to know why they're against when, science. When reproductive cells meet, uh, a, a completely new entity begins and ends maybe 80, 90 years later if they're lucky. Yeah. Like me and you. Right. So, all right. So I got one more national story I want to talk about, and we can talk about a few other things if you want. So there's a move now, Paul. Yes. To... I think it's New York. It might be California. It's one of the crazy, wacky states. It's definitely not ours because um, I did check. Um, it's not our crazy, wacky state? No, it's not. Okay. But uh, what they want to do, there's a bill making its way through one of the state houses so that in order to get a gun, in order to get a gun permit, mm. you have to turn over your passwords to all of your social media accounts to the police and let them go through your social media really? accounts to decide whether or not you should have a gun. Wow. And Democrats who used to believe in civil rights, I don't know how you know suddenly we ended up here, but Democrats who used to believe in civil rights are 100% for it, which, which is really, really puzzling to me and probably most people who actually... It depends on who the judge is, of course. Right? So for, on the one hand, the liberal Democrat narrative is that cops are a bunch of jackbooted thugs who gun down black men for no reason because they're all a bunch of racists. They, they, they gun down, they kill black men for fun. They chase them through the streets and they shoot them down. Remember, hands up, don't shoot. Remember all this stuff, right? The cops are evil. Cops are racist. Ask Elizabeth Warren. They are racist from start to finish, she said. <laughs> and now they want to give those evil racist cops, those evil white racist Nazi cops, <laughs> those evil jackbooted thugs access to your social media so they can deny poor black men the right to carry a gun, to shoot back when they're being gunned down in the streets. This is all very confusing to me. You know, I'd love to be a liberal, but I can't square all the hypocrisy in my head. Well, it's confusing even before that, right? Because why do I have to give them my fingerprints? Right. To get a license, right? right? So yeah. this is the modern update. Now I got to give them my digital identity. Yeah, my social, my social media. And why do they need your passwords when they can just go on your Facebook account and look? That's a good question. I have the answer. Do you have the answer? No. Because instant messaging. They want to see what you're saying privately. They don't care oh. what you're putting up publicly for right, everybody to it's see. All encrypted. They want to see if you're going. Well, why not? Why not uh, confiscate your uh, cell phones? Yeah, also. confiscate your cell phones. They, what they should do is just put cameras in our living rooms and our bedrooms mm. and watch us 24 hours, and then they can decide whether or not we should have the right to free speech, whether or not we should have the right to carry a weapon, whether or not we should have a right to trial by jury. Right, so, in this bill, who are the judges? Are they the the policemen, the local police? Yeah, the police. Well, now it'll be the police. Who knows what it'll be once it once it morphs into. Right. Something else, right? Right. That's the problem. Let's remember the that the government always puts the camel's nose in the tent, saying, "No, no, no, it's just going to be this." Yeah. Remember when they said in Massachusetts we're going to make um, not wearing a seatbelt a uh, ticketable offense, but it won't be a primary offense. We're not going to pull you over for not wearing your seatbelt. So don't get nervous. Mm. It's not going to be that. Right. If you're pulled over for something, something else, something else, they're going to write you a ticket. On, then, right. Okay. For about a year, and then all of a sudden it was now we can pull you over for not wearing your seatbelt. Which, again, makes me really confused because if cops are evil, jackbooted, racist, Nazi thugs you got who, them all? who discriminate against black people every chance they get, why would you give these evil, Nazi, jackbooted thugs another tool to say that, oh, I pulled over the black guy because he wasn't wearing his seatbelt? Like, there's no proof of that. Like, a broken taillight, you can prove, right? Mm. If you're doing someone on radar and they're doing 90 miles an hour, you can prove that. But things like not wearing your seatbelt, or how about this one? This was my favorite. Uh, how about hands-free driving? Now now the evil jackbooted Nazi uh, anti-black police officers can say, well, yeah, the black guy was touching his phone. Of course I pulled him over. And then, of course, we found all kinds of crack in his car. But, you know, uh, who knows if they planted it there because they all hate, they all hate uh, blacks. You know, all the cops we all know are racist, according to the Democrats. So I, I, I listen to this stuff in the context of, like, I, when I'm watching TV, I pretend I'm a liberal. Okay. I pretend I, be, I believe that yeah. they believe what they're saying. Even though we know they don't believe a goddamn word they're saying, we know they don't believe one single thing they're saying because in the next breath, they contradict themselves. Right, like, on, like. In, well, on, would you say that they believe it in the moment? No, I don't. I, I, don't? I, I don't okay. think. I don't think they. I don't think they believe in anything they say. Okay, so so then they say only in order to uh, derive power out of it. Right. Okay. Yeah, and and to indoctrinate the rest of us to be politically right. correct, right. and to think the way they want us to think. Like, imagine. You're Elizabeth Warren, and you're out there saying that the cops are a bunch of jackbooted racist thugs, and then on the other hand, advocating for a bill that would allow the cops to 
uh, go through your social media account and deny you a gun based on what they say they found in your social. By the way, there's no standard for what it is that they can find to deny you a gun. It could be anything. It could be. Oh, you there's am- no standard in this. No, problem? no. I mean, you, you. It could be you were mad one day and you went on and you said that mm. I hate my girlfriend. Well, geez, that he said he hated her. Maybe, mm. maybe, maybe he might be violent. We're going to deny it, him a it gun. It will be so easy to find excuses to deny certain people guns using right. this right. Using this uh, yeah. policy. So it's amazing that the Democrat Party, which was once uh, in favor of uh, civil rights, mm. now suddenly not so much. Now suddenly they're, mm-hmm. they're openly saying, no, 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 actually we don't believe in civil rights at all. The American Civil Liberties Union doesn't care about rights. The Democrat Party doesn't care about your rights. And quite frankly, the Republican Party doesn't care that much about your rights either. I think they care a little bit more. I think they're a little bit more genuine, but not much. I mean, look, look at where we are. Look at where we are. Paul, before we take our break, hmm. do you remember about five or six years ago, we were sitting in the WCAP studio. We were doing this show on radio. And I was complaining about these cameras that were just popping up all over Lawrence. Mm. And I asked the mayor at the time and the police chief at the time, and you said, well, give them the benefit of the doubt. What did they say? I said, well, they said it's only um, – it's it, they're only like for um, – to, to trip the, uh, the, the stoplights, right? So when you pull up, it's a sensor, and it notices that you're there, and it makes it go green. Oh, right? okay. And then we found, and, and then we found out that, and, and I remember saying this to you, that they have facial, that I had cops telling me they had facial recognition software, that they had license plate readers, and that the government was tracking you everywhere you go, that 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 every everywhere you go, that within the next five to ten years, there's going to be cameras everywhere with facial recognition system software, and with license plate readers, and they're going to be able to log where you are. The government's going to know where you are everywhere you go. Do you remember that conversation? Uh, very, very slightly. Well, here we are. The city of Lawrence, before we go to our break, because I want to talk about it a little bit when we come back. The city of Lawrence is now going to be putting up, actually not going to be putting up, they have put up cameras all over the city. Now, short-term gain, I say yay, right? Because the cops are going to be able to see who's doing shootings, who's selling right. drugs. On the other hand... And that's the reason why they're saying they're putting it up, right? right? To stop right. crime. But if you remember when they first put it up, it was mm. for illegal dumping. Like, we put them up for illegal dumping in certain areas because mm. people were dumping, you know, hazardous materials near the river, near the canals. And it was only DPW that was going to look at them. And now we're finding out the feds have cameras at each entryway point to the city. There's only about eight of them to get into Lawrence. Hmm. And they also have cameras. Really? Yeah. Wow. And there's three bridges separating North and South Lawrence. Mm-hmm. And there are cameras at, the, at each end of each bridge that the feds can now monitor and do monitor. Wow. How, right? how do you know this? Does everybody know this? Uh, they do now. All right. Yeah, well, I mean, it's what it is. Now, Rich will tell you. Rich just came in. Uh, we sent Rich Russell. They had a, um, a hearing this week, a little informational hearing about the additional hundred or something cameras that they want to put in, in addition to what's already out there. And so I'm thinking, all right, well, look, if it's going to be a thing where... The cops have cameras in certain neighborhoods where there's a lot of drug activity. There's a lot of stuff. And that's a public record that anybody can get that information. Like if I send in a public records request and say, I want to see the video footage for a 24-hour period on Juniper Street, that they're going to have to give it to me. But then I send Rich to the hearing and they're telling Rich, I had him ask my question. And they say, no, 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 you're not going to have, you're not going to be able to see. The public's not going to be able to see what's going on on any of these cameras. It's only the police. On top of that, we learn that the police in Lawrence are now making a move to try and silence their police scanner. So no more listening Mm. to the police scanner. Everything's going to be encrypted. Mm. So the government's going to be able to watch you in your neighborhood, Mm. but you can't keep an eye on what they're doing. They're supposed to be transparent public servants. Mm -hmm. We can't see what they're doing, but they can see what we're doing. Again, the short term, Tom Duggan says, great, crime is horrible in Lawrence. Putting up cameras is going to help them solve some of these crimes. But at what price down the road mm-hmm. when suddenly we find out that the cops are watching us, but we can't watch them? The public servants are spying on us, and we can't spy on them. Here's an additional question, Paul, as we go to the first break. All right. All right. What? Obviously, these cameras can... Rich, what's, the, what's the, uh, the, the distance that they can see? You were telling me last night. They can magnify up to 30 power, which means they can go about two blocks and zoom in on a license plate and see what it is, right? Okay, from 
from, uh, we'll say, the library, they could see uh, on uh, Havel Street, they could see down Warren Street, the Common Street. Right. So they can go two, they, they, these, these cameras can see about two blocks. They can zoom in, they can see a license plate, they can see if you're a man or a woman. So will but, they zoom what, into what, people's houses? Well, that's that my question. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So if they can do that, can they not zoom into somebody's window and see if there's a, maybe there's a drug transaction? Or maybe there's not. Yeah. Maybe you're just uh, doing nothing. That's supposedly a no-no. Yeah, well, it's supposedly, supposedly a, no-no. a no-no. Right, yeah. yeah, well, yeah you, it's also know, a, you know by human nature right. that there are going to be some cops that do that. Right, of course there are. And listen, this is not a knock on the Lawrence police. There's nobody more pro-cop than I am. Mm. I think that I think that the cops should be able to have every tool at their disposal, but I think there's overboard and there's overkill. And the other question is, what happens with it afterwards? There are hackers that can hack in and they can see where you are. Rich is saying no, but I know hackers that can get into the friggin' Pentagon. So if you, they can get into the Pentagon. I pulled. Trust me, they can get into the they can get into the to the uh, the camera on Lawrence and and, uh, and Broadway. Right, so I think Lawrence under surveillance. The good news: violent crime is down sixty-five percent in Lawrence. Part of that is because of the cameras that are up. Part of it is because the feds have been draining the swamp. Part of it is because we have an amazing uh, police chief in Roy Vasque. Um, but at what price? I just wonder at what price, Paul, down the road. Is it going to continue to plummet? I mean, is it going to become a normal city now? Yeah, I think it probably is. So never then, thought. I, never thought I'd say that. But I guess but what, I'm, looking, what, what I'm, I'm wondering look- is, are they going to start letting up now? Are the feds going to leave eventually? I mean, No, they, they, I just posted another story today that the feds um, got a bunch of illegal aliens in Lawrence over the last couple of days. Would have been nice mm. if somebody had tipped me off to that. But it is dangerous. Can't get tipped off to everything, I guess. Definitely dangerous. So. I often wonder who's watching me when my windows are open. Well, yeah, even when your windows are closed. Mm. Do you know that the feds actually have a, have a device in a van where they can drive by an apartment building and point the device at the building and they can download every cell phone. They can download what's on every single cell phone in that building. No, I did not know that. Yep, Homeland Security's got it. Isn't that great? It's awesome. Everybody's worried about uh, Donald Trump being a Nazi. Maybe they ought to be worried about... um, By the way, Donald Trump's a Nazi, but by the way, give him all your guns. Mm. Maybe, Maybe they should be worried about the police state that the Democrats are creating here in Massachusetts. Back after this, I'm paying attention. Auto Body. We get our friend Angelo over there. Angelo Memolo over there. He does great work on your car. So if you got a ding in your car, somebody hits you, you got a mechanical problem, you bring it to AM Auto. He's on South Broadway in Lawrence on Inman Street. Angelo will take care of you. Um, so what's the address there? 341 Three- South Broadway, Lawrence, Massachusetts. I don't know why these guys love me so much. I really don't. But Twin Lights, let me tell you how how dedicated I am to helping my sponsors. The guys at Twin Light Security needed an extra security guy to do private investigations and to do security for a certain thing in Boston. And they posted it on my page and asked if it was okay if they could use my page to solicit hiring people. And I said, you know what? As busy as I am, these guys sponsor the show. They sponsor the Valley Patriot. They give us $1,000 for the bash. I'm going to go work for these guys. So I called up Pat McLaughlin and I said, look, you help us every single time we need something. Whenever I put out a call, you're there. If you need an extra person and you're short, I'll take the night off and I'll come work for you. And so I, ha- so I have been. I've been doing some work for them because they're helping us. And so there's no reason why I shouldn't be able to find a way to help them in the meantime. So if you need security or if you're getting divorced and you need a private investigator, if you have a business and you need a private investigator or security, uh, you want to call Twin Lights Security. They're based out of Gloucester, but they're very local. If while I'm driving around Lawrence, I get shot and killed, make sure you get my body to Perez Funeral Home because we do business with the people who do business with us. And he's on South Broadway. With the, it's the old Scott Funeral Home. If, you were, if you're an old-time Lawrence resident, it's the old Scott Funeral Home on, on South Broadway. Perez Funeral Home at 298 South Broadway in Lawrence. Um, you can, they do crematory services. They do all the stuff that they're supposed to do, right? And uh, Mike's a, a big fan of the show. He followed us when we go live. He's an advertiser now in the print edition of the paper, and he's now sponsoring this program. Perez Funeral Home and Crematory Services, 298 South Broadway in Lawrence. We appreciate him. Uh, Franklin Veloz from Veloz Auto Group. Uh, he specializes in people that have uh, maybe bad credit, no credit. Maybe you haven't had a job for a long period of time, so you don't think that maybe you qualify for a car loan. Usually, you know, they want you to have a job for a year or more. 
Uh, he specializes in getting people who have bad credit or no credit or maybe spotty credit, uh, getting them into a used car. He used to work for Charlie Dears Commonwealth Motors for a long, long time, so he knows his stuff. I think he was the credit manager over there or something. So he knows what he's doing, and, um, and he follows us live, too. I really appreciate that he does. Every time I see him pop on, I'm very excited about it. And I was there yesterday to deliver his newspaper, and he said he's already had customers come in from us talking about him on this show. So we appreciate Velo's Auto Group. Go see Franklin. He's at 17 Mass Ave. It's right at the very beginning of Mass Ave on the Lawrence North Andover line. Russia, Russia, Russia. All righty. As crappy as I feel, I'm still here for you guys. Because that's the kind of guy I am. Welcome back to the Paying Attention Podcast. Paul Morano is sitting in with us today. He's, he's actually going to be uh, f- sitting in with us the first Tuesday of every month. Is that what we kind of worked out? Yes. I had to kind of like fire him as my co-host because he never showed up. <laughs> Listen but, to him. But, uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't like that at but all. But he is going to be a, a guest here uh, the first Tuesday of every month. And then maybe we can fill him in every once in a while if I don't have a, if I don't have a guest. You're going to be here, though, on the week of the 29th for the uh, one-year anniversary of the Paying Attention Podcast, all right? The week of December 29th? Yes. Oh, unfortunately, I'm in, I'll be away. Uh, I'm in another state. Paul. All right. Why don't you do it when I get back? Well, because the because the anniversary is the 29th, so I think our show is the 27th this year, and it's the one-year anniversary. We'd have to bounce it up a week, but then it wouldn't be the anniversary anymore. All right. So, I don't know. All right, kids. Thanks for coming. Good night. Um, so, do you have anything for us, Paul? You were late, so I, I assume you have something good for us. Well, I was going to talk about the uh, funeral, but we, we talked about it already. We did talk about the funeral, as um, painful as it was. No, you're not into sports, so I won't, uh, I won't bore you with uh, the Patriots. What's, and what's, them. I thought the Patriots won. Didn't they just win? They, they beat the Minnesota Vikings. Yep. No, I mean, didn't they just win oh. like the World Series oh, or whatever it is that they, that they, <laughs> that they well, Not only did they lose the Super Bowl last year, but um, well, actually they won it two years ago. So yeah, you're t- you're two years off. All right, okay. Yeah, you're two years off. So no, okay. So it was the Red Sox that just won like this? The Red Sox won the championship. Absolutely. Uh, they're going to the White House. I heard they're going to the White House. They decide to go to the and White none House. None of them are being a bunch of little sissies. None of them be like, uh, oh, I can't go there because he's a Nazi them. and he, he hates black people, so I can't go. Uh, none of them know are doing of. that. We don't, we don't know what they're saying underneath. So far, under the radar, but not nothing. Nothing right. we've heard. Okay. Yeah. They just signed uh, Nathan Avaldi to a four-year contract worth something like. Um, I don't know, $117 million. Probably worth it. Uh, <laughs> nothing's worth that. I think it is. Uh, Listen, not to get off on a, on a topic, right? Here I am on a, on a sports topic. But it always mm. bothered me when people complain about how many millions of dollars sports players make. Because you look at what the owners are making between franchise fees. They're making millions, if not billions of dollars. And they're doing it on the backs of these kids' talents. They, uh, they deserve to get a million, two million, five million, ten million, whatever it is that they're getting. Because what is the lifespan of an NFL player or an NHL player or even a baseball player? Does anybody remember Todd Benzinger? Right? What was he? He was a member of the, he was a member of the Red Sox for like five minutes. Right, yeah. and all the money that he made, but he only played for like one or two years. And then he was then he was a nobody again. So as far as I'm concerned, if the owners, if the evil corporate owners, right? Mm-hmm. Again, I want to go back to thinking like a liberal. If the evil corporate owners are going to be making millions of dollars off the talents of the work of these poor workers, then I think the workers ought to be getting a portion of that. I think. Mm, all right. No. Um, I'd have to think about it a little more. I mean, I mean, Big Poppy, I guess, was one of our big players way back when, right? Oh, yeah. Is he still on? Is no. He still playing? No, he, okay. uh, he retired the year before last. And I remember people complaining about how much he makes, but it's like, how many people go just to watch him hit a home run, right? How many people tune in yeah. just to watch him hit a home run? He should be making those millions. Uh, it's interesting how stars today make around 30 million a year, 30 to 35 million a year. Yep. It's a lot of money. Yeah, and, and, and sometimes they're locked up for five, 10 years. Right. It's crazy. It's a lot of money to us, but given what they're contributing to the millions that the owners are making, I don't think it's enough. I think the owner, I think the players should make more money. That's what I think. I don't know. We should have a whole show on, on the economy because I, I, I have a radical idea that uh, you will sh- shoot down in a second, but it'll well, take a whole show it. to talk about. Oh, all right. I don't want to take a whole show well, to talk the, about. Well, the, if, if there is a minimum wage yes. in our culture, yes. should there be a maximum wage? Well, that's the communist view. Sure. No, what I'm if saying you're a communist, is, yes. It, it seems like if there's a minimum wage, there should be a maximum wage. But I am for having neither. Right, I'm for having neither as well. I'm also for. We were just talking about this the other night. Maybe mm. we can segue this into a national slash local story. Mm. Um, 
you know, with, with Lawrence, they've shut down a couple of nightclubs, and everybody's trying to figure out, like, how do we get rid of all the violence that happens when the nightclubs get out at last call? Why don't we just think outside the box? Get rid of last call. We just get rid of last call. If you own a bar and it's Money. 11... Listen, at 11 o'clock at night, if you have no business, you close, right? And if you still have business at 3 o'clock in the morning and there's still people coming in they want to drink, let them come in and drink. Why do we need a last call? At least all the bars aren't getting out at all of the same time and you don't have fights and shootings and everything else that's going on because they're all getting out like when their patrons leave. This last call thing started under the Puritan blue law type laws way back when. Well, I'm confused. When is when is last call? Is it an hour before the place closes? I mean, it's, no, how last, does that work? Last, last call is like 10 minutes before the place closes. All right, 10 right. minutes before the place. Then what's the purpose of having last call? Right. So last call, right. That's my point. So if they have a last call, you would think it would be like two hours before the place closes so that people could sober up to drive home. That would make sense, no? <laughs> I guess I could go with that. Not I mean, really, but I guess At least I it makes sense. I don't understand why there's a last call. If I own a bar and there are people in my establishment at 2 o'clock in the morning and they're drinking and they're not causing any trouble, why does the government say I have to shut down just because the clock says I have to? Especially when – look at the look at the havoc it creates. In the in the eight blocks of the Essex Street, the beginning of the Essex Street area of Lawrence, mm. you've got about 14 nightclubs. On a Thursday night, if each one is a capacity of 300, 400 people, you're talking about four or 5,000 people all coming out of a drinking establishment at the same time, going to their cars at the same time, and people who follow me live on Facebook see it. I mean, downtown Lawrence at last call is like downtown Manhattan at noon. Mm. I mean, there are there's hundreds of people walking around. There's people getting beat up. There's people getting robbed. There's people drunk driving. There's shootings. There's stabbings. And granted, that's been less over the last you know, last year. Those numbers have gone down. But if you didn't have a last call, if they weren't all getting out at the same time, then maybe you would be able to stem more of that. Like, who's the government to tell me I have to close at two o'clock anyway or one o'clock anyway? Well, here's a, an idea that's places more government involved rather than less and that is how about having a breathalyzer at the at the door of every establishment alcoholic establishment that that stays open until one or two in the morning sure so that those who do not pass cannot get in their cars sure well I, listen, i'm all for yeah. it but the government would have to get involved in that well They'd i mean li- listen i i i love when li- mm. liberals do this to me too all the time they say oh tom you voted for yes on question one i thought you were against go- government involvement Nobody's against all government involvement. Nobody's against sure. all, nobody gets all government regulation. Well, that would be anarchy. Some of it some of it makes sense. I'm glad that the government inspects my meat. When I go to Market Basket and I buy meat, I'm glad that it's inspected by the FDA, much less of a chance that I'm going to die. I'm okay with that. I just think sometimes, most times, government overreaches. And I think when it comes to this last call stuff, I think government is overreached. I think well intended when it was put in in the 50s or 60s when we were a puritanical society and we had blue laws and uh, drinking establishments couldn't be open on a Sunday and most businesses couldn't be open on a Sunday. But it's 2018. Why do, why do bars have to stop? Why do restaurants have to stop serving liquor? Why do bars have to stop serving liquor at a certain time because the clock says so? Like, we're in a 24-7 society. At 3 in the morning, you can wake up, go to your phone, punch in a couple of words, and look at live pictures of Mars. But we have to close down drinking establishments at 1 o'clock because the do clock says think, so? Do you think that if there were no laws about when drinking establishments could close, most bar owners would stay open 24-7? No. Okay. Because, because they would, it would cost them too much money. Mm. So you look at like some of the we'll, we'll name some of them right because Rich is here. So you see that Malaya's, which is which is uh, I, I like Malaya's, I like Juan. He's the owner of Malaya's, even though they've had some shootings over there outside. Um, but you look at Malaya's Thursday night's the busiest club night. Sometimes he's not open because his crowd doesn't come in until Fridays. Right when he's open on Wednesday, on Thursdays, he pays his bartenders, he pays his security people, he pays for the heat, he pays for the electric, and he has five people show up. So a lot of times I'm driving around live on Facebook and Malaya's isn't even open on Thursday nights, which is the mm-hmm. biggest club night for the rest of the city, just not for him. Hmm. So if you have no last call, when the patrons leave, the bartenders leave. The place closes down. They open up the next day whenever they feel like it. Leave it to the club owners. Leave it to the bar owners to decide. And then what you don't have is the crowd of drunk people uh, all getting out at the same time. The other problem that communities like Lawrence has is that their last call is different than everywhere else. So on Thursday night, last call is at 2 o'clock in the morning. But on Thursday night everywhere else, it's 
1 o'clock in the morning or 12 o'clock. So mm-hmm. people in Methuen who are drinking, they drive over to Lawrence. They go, hey, look at that quarter of 12. It's going to be last call in 15 minutes. What do you say we bail out of here and go into Lawrence and drink for two more hours? Hmm. So now when last call in Lawrence happens, you've got all the people who have been in Lawrence drinking all night and all the people from other communities who came into Lawrence because their last call is different to drink all night. And now they all get out all at the same time. No wonder why you have the fights and the stabbings and the shootings and the beatings and all the other things happening at last call in Lawrence. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. I don't know if any of that makes any sense to you, Paul, but it makes I'm, sense to well, me. Well, I'm surprised that Thursday night's the biggest club night in Lawrence. Yeah, Thursday and, Sunday, Thursday and Sunday nights seem to be... What, seem what to happened be, to the weekend? Friday um, and Saturday? I don't know. It's I, I, I've noticed that Dominicans, yeah. in particular, who are the majority of the people in Lawrence, love to party on Sunday nights, and they love to party on Thursday nights. It doesn't mean they don't love to party other nights, but they really seem to like to party hmm. on Thursdays Very and Sundays. And by the way, those used to be the two biggest crime nights in the city. But now the crime has gone down exponentially in Lawrence, and I can't believe I'm saying it, but it happens to be true. People come on my page and go, oh, those numbers are fake. Trust me, they're not fake. If they were fake, I'd be the first one to tell you. I drive around Lawrence. I see what's going on with my own eyes. My followers see it when I'm live. Violent crime in Lawrence is down at least 65%, maybe even more. I mean, even the domestic violence calls have gone down. Here's what hasn't gone down, Paul. Overdoses. Okay. Man down and overdoses have gone up. Hmm. We're waiting on the actual numbers because we're going to do a story for the December edition. You would think that if m- more drug use, if drug use is going up, there'd be more um, violent desperate crime. people that are causing violent crime to get the money right. for the drug use. Right. So property crimes are going up a little bit. Business burglaries hmm. are going up. Okay. Uh, those kinds of crimes are going up. But the violent crimes, domestic hmm. violence, rape, sexual assault, murder... Uh, attempted murder, people shooting at each other. There have been four murders in Lawrence. What's the date today, Ed Sullivan? December what? Fifth? Sixth? Sixth. Sixth. Yeah, tomorrow's Pearl Harbor Day. Okay, so last year at this time, there were 11 murders in Lawrence. Right now, there's been four. Right? Okay. So so the crime crime in Lawrence is definitely going down, and we can attribute it to a million different things. I'm just happy that it's going down. Is the population of Lawrence going down? I don't know. That's a... That's a rich. Maybe you might know that. Is that what do you? I mean, I know with all the deportations, there's been at least 500 people deported. So those are that's a population decline right there. Yeah, I think it's closer to 92. We think that we think the population of Lawrence is probably between 85 and 90. But what, what was it about five or ten years ago? Do you know? 70. The official, the official population of Lawrence from the hmm. 2010 census is. Rich says $76,000 was the last census. 76,000 people. people, Population. Uh, And that was about 10 years ago. Right. But that doesn't, again, that doesn't include illegals. Right. Right. So you know that there's a lot more. But let's just give a ballpark number and say it's 80. The population has been growing a little bit. Yeah. Each year. Right. Say it again. Okay, 80,162, and that doesn't include illegal. So it's probably closer to 90,000 people crammed into like three and a half square miles. Yeah, I mean, it's a small uh, city uh, lengthwise. I mean, it's it's, um, a lot lot smaller than the city you live in, right? Uh, Oh, yeah, much smaller. Yeah, Yeah, and yet it has about five times or four times the population. Right, and when you think about it, Lawrence is seven square miles, but you've got a river running through it that takes up about a mile and a half, right? And then when you you start deducting all of the land for the cemeteries and the parks, uninhabitable land, you've really Mm. got about three miles of inhabitable land where 90,000 people are living on it. Mm -hmm. And so to have that kind of crime reduction in Lawrence, fantastic. Give a lot of people credit for it. I don't think there's any one reason, um, but I'm just glad it's happening. Mm. And I think that anything that the police can do to try and make that better is good, as long as there aren't like real serious long-term ramifications, like what we talked about with right. the with the exactly with the cameras, Paul. Yeah, can't give up uh, your all of your freedom, right? Columbia Gas safety. is thinking of, it's time to pull out of Lawrence now, Paul. After they destroyed every park in the city, mm. and after they blew up half the city. Uh, they're starting to pull out some of the trailers, and I know they keep calling me saying, "We want to close your, we want to close your claim." Did you send us stuff? We want to close your claim. Um, yeah, no, we're not closing by claim. So people have all of their stuff back now. Most people have most of their stuff back. Uh, I'll go back mm. to what I said. I don't know if you were here when we discussed it. Uh, Columbia Gas seems to think that it's okay to reimburse people mm. for what they spent as the result of Columbia Gas blowing the city up, and that's it. 
And quite frankly, I don't think that should be all they should not have to from, pay. Not from everything they've lost because of it, right? Right. I mean, people have, have gone through pain and suffering, um, shivered themselves to death when they had no heat and their space mm-hmm. heaters weren't working or didn't have one. I think, they ought to be, I think they ought to be paying out more. I think they ought to be doing more. I think they ought to be reaching out to nonprofits that help the homeless. They should be helping them. I think they should be invested in helping Lawrence. Not just paying people for their expenses mm. and nickel and diming them on their laundry expenses and their meal expenses. How about pay people? How about come into Lawrence and do something good? How about help TMF get a place so that they can serve meals to the homeless? How about give a million dollars to House of Mercy, given what they what they do with the homeless in the city? And how about a check for everybody that was affected by this for five grand on top of the expenses? You're only they're only reimbursing people for the expenses that they incurred as the result of what Columbia Gas did, mm-hmm. but they're not giving them anything else. Mm. Like, how about the inconvenience? And, you know, not having heat. Any lawsuits? And, and Well, there's lots of lawsuits. Lots of lawsuits? Lots we'll, of lawsuits. We'll see, see how they and, pan uh, out. Next week or the week after, we're going to have uh, a gentleman named Pat on from a, law, from a law firm that is suing Columbia Gas. That's going to be a great show. It's going to be very informative if you were affected by Columbia Gas. Uh, we got about 10 minutes, Paul. Do you have anything at all? Anything tickle your uh, fancy in the news lately? Uh, in the news lately. Did you follow the global warming thing in France? Oh, that's, a, that's an interesting one. They're, they're, um, they're rioting in France, biggest riots in decades. And it's because of the taxes that they're receiving because of the global warming initiatives? Yeah. Uh, so what does this say? Uh, one of the most liberal countries, arguably, in, in Europe, um, protesting against this. What does this say? Well, I think it's interesting that the media has not told anybody that that's what it is. Like, you have mm. to go to, like, Irish media or you have to go to – even the English, even the British media is not really mm. telling you much. You have to, like, find third world media companies to tell you why they're really Whoa. protesting. Because when I watch CNN – What are they, they saying? People – they were rioting over because the economy is getting bad. Oh, brother. They're, they're rioting over gas prices. Well, you kind of technically – but they're, mm. they're, 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 they're not really rioting about gas prices. They're rioting because the president of France jacked up the gas prices for what he says was to fight global warming. Right. And they just really want to kind of like fight to feed their family at this point. And when your goal is something that's abstract in a million years from down the road and, the, and people can't see it and touch it, like the global warming hoax, let's just even say that it's true. Let's say global warming is true. Let's say everything the liberals say is true. Jacking up the price of gas doesn't help global warming. It just doesn't. It does nothing for global warming whatsoever. It does nothing to help the planet. And people in Europe are finally starting to get it. And they're rioting. And the funny thing is, you know that this is going to be a big thing going forward because all the media is lying about it. (laughs) They're all saying uh, disaffected youth turned over cars this week in France uh, because they were all upset about the economy and lack of jobs. No, that's not why they're rioting. Like when the Muslims were burning down synagogues, it was disaffected youth mad about the economy. (laughs) Like this is what you hear from the from the so-called free media in the free world, and it's neither free nor nor real media. It's all propaganda. Tell me something. Yes, how, Paul. How do we know? And, and I'm just curious, uh, sort of somebody from the outside looking in at this whole global warming thing, but how, do, how are we so sure that even if the globe is warming, that it won't actually be a net gain? Right. It won't be actually for the betterment of mankind. That's been my argument I all mean, along, Paul. Maybe it won't be, but I'm just wondering how we know that it won't be. Right. I think it's the height of arrogance that if you believe, let's say you believe that global warming is real. Yeah. And you believe that it's man-made, yeah. that man's yeah. doing yeah. it, right? and you believe that it's bad, because you have to believe all three of those things to yeah. be part of the global warming relig- cult of religion. So you believe, you believe all of that, but, you, but you, you have to be the height of arrogance to think that, okay, we destroyed the planet, mm. but don't worry, we can fix it. Like, <laughs> if we change our light bulbs and we jack up the price of gas, mm. it's going to make it all better. And I, to me, it just seems like, I mean, how many hoaxes can we believe in a row? We have to believe that it's real. We have to believe that it's man-made. We have to believe that it's, by the way, America's fault, right? Because we're supposed to be the one doing all this global warming stuff while China keeps pumping coal into the air. China and India, right? Are, uh, with their post, you know, their one point whatever billion people. You they're, could, they're just beginning their industrial revolution. You could nuke America tomorrow, kill yeah. every person in this country tomorrow. Yeah. And it's not going to do one thing with not, not one person driving a car, not one person doing anything. On this continent, it's not going to do one thing to stop global warming if it's real. If it's real. And maybe it is. Maybe it's not. I mean, I'm, I'm open if someone can make an actual rational argument that doesn't start and end with, don't you believe in science? Mm. Right? Because yeah. 
when Donald Trump comes out and adequately points out that, well, yeah, by the way, you know, some of these scientists, they get paid lots of money to say that there's global warming. And then he gets chided on CNN for a week. <laughs> All the elites. <laughs> Can you believe how silly he is? Silly, silly man. How could he, how could he deny science? And by the way, for a, we're for abortion on demand up to third yeah. grade. It's Pay no attention to science when it comes to abortion. But when it comes to global warming, science! Whenever the entire left enshrines something to the point where they ridicule other people yeah. for not believing it, you right. know that it's suspicious. Right. You know that it is. Just like what you said earlier about, um, about Obama being a citizen. I mean, he may be a citizen, but why is it such a sin to, to question the possibility he isn't? Racism. Seeing that he was you know, brought up in, in various countries. That didn't uh, be racism. Uh, That's Arabashanatism. So, I'm always. I'm how dare always you, Paul? How dare you? How dare you even question? Shut up and sit down. Yeah, I'm always skeptical when to I borrow have, a phrase, when, to borrow a phrase happens. from Tucker Carlson. Right? That's what they want you to do. They want you to shut up and sit down. Shut up and stop asking questions. Repeat what we want you to repeat. And by the way, if you don't, if mm. you post something on your social media that doesn't comply with what we want you to, mm. we're not going to let you have a gun permit. And if we can take your Second Amendment right away based on what you posted on, on social media, we can also take away your First Amendment right based on what you posted on social media, and maybe even your Fifth Amendment right. Maybe you don't get a right to a trial <laughs> by jury because of what you posted on social media. You never know how like, it's going to go. Why is this the standard only I'm for hearing, guns? I'm hearing more and more about how Facebook is uh, dealing with conservative media. Yeah. Well, they become fascists. Not too good. And Zuckerberg admits it. He says, well, we have a different worldview than most people in this country. We have a different worldview. And, and, and we're aware of that. Of course you're aware of that. You're a bunch of fascists. <laughs> Jeez. All right. You have nothing else, huh? I see the Methuen City Council wants a raise. How funny is that? Right? Even Rich is from Lawrence. Even he's laughing in our studio audience. Methuen City Council thinks they deserve a raise. Hey, listen. I think that uh, most of the elected officials on school boards and city councils don't get paid enough. Yeah. In, in most cases. But given what's going on in Methuen, don't you think asking for a raise right about now when you're laying off, when you're going to be laying off cops, you just borrowed $4 million from the state, your schools were $4 million in the red this year, $2 million in the red the year before. You think now is a good time to, think, not be the best to say time. that you deserve a raise? May not be the prob best time. Prob probably, right. probably, probably not. And again, they don't make a lot of money, but um, uh, Jim McCarty, who I actually kind of like the kid. I really do. I, I think he's a complete a-hole sometimes, but I like that. So I give him points for that while other people are deducting. Um, he made a good point at one of the meetings. He said, you know, I, I take um, the insurance. Like he has to pay for insurance through the city. He gets it through the city. And when he's done paying it, he actually ends up owing them $4 at the end, <laughs> at the end of every week or at the end of every double pay period that they get paid um, because they only get paid like, I don't know, like it's $100 a week or something, right? So I get it. But again, bad timing, number one. Number two, I think the city council needs to show us they deserve a raise. And I think when they went through their budget and they went line by line, that, that was so painful for all of us to watch. But it was heroic that they actually did it. And then they turned around and they blew it, like all that great goodwill that they did. And then they turned around and blew it when the state said, don't just borrow $4 million. You're $4 million in the red. Mm. But there could be stuff you don't know about. When we start coming in with accountants, you might find out there's more. Borrow a little bit more. And they said, no, 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 we're not going to, not only are we not going to borrow more, we're going to borrow only the $4 million and we're going to take, take $1.8 million out of the police budget, right? Mm -hmm. So now right. they're talking about right. laying off cops. They're seriously in the red. They're going to be seriously in the red more next year. And they all think they need a raise. I'm, I'm sorry. But if I got a driver who doesn't hit all of his stops delivering the Valley Patriot and he comes to me and says, I want a raise, my answer is, for the next three months, if you don't miss your stops, I'll think about giving you a raise. But if you're going to be driving around there, and you're going to, be, you're going to deliver 90% of your route, and you're going to miss the other 10%, and it's going to be consistently every month, can't give you a raise. Sorry. And I get the same philosophy when it comes to them with the one city council. I think most of the city council is trying the best they can. I think most of them are. Um, but I don't think they deserve a raise. I, I, no, certainly not right now. So, minute and a half. Anything else, Paul? Um, how was your Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving was uh, Thanksgiving was okay. Good. Yeah, good. It was spent good. it with lots of family. It was uh, well, no, I did not spend it with lots of family, and that's why it was okay. Oh, I see. There was very little family, mm. and that's what made it okay. There was like maybe five, maybe like eight, six or eight of us at my brother's house, and um, 
and that and and none of the none of the family members that caused trouble showed up. So oh, okay. I, well, was, that's good. I was good. It was nice, quiet, peaceful. Lots of turkey. I, I mean, I caused trouble. I don't want to. I yeah. don't want to mislead anybody. Right. I caused you. trouble at Thanksgiving, but nobody else that caused right. trouble in the family was there. What, what are you doing for Christmas? I have no idea what I'm doing no for plans? Christmas. I'm in the middle of mm. celebrating Hanukkah right now. So mm. once I get through Hanukkah, then I'll figure out what I'm going to be celebrating for Christmas. Well, Christmas is a one-day shot deal, so I was just wondering right, if you were yeah. going anywhere. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Uh, we have a Russia update as we uh, getting ready to uh, wrap up the show. Um, the uh, Robert Mueller is indicting more people, but not indicting anybody for colluding with Russia to hack an election. And CNN comes out with their uh, graphics where they show that there's like 35 people have been indicted and 12 people have pled guilty. I'm making the numbers up, but I'm close, right? Uh, and, and five people are going to be under, under more indictment, and not one of them, not one, two years into the, into the Donald Trump administration, not one has been charged with hacking an election. How do you even hack an election anyway? Like, what does that look like? I don't get that. What was the, um, the chief of staff of Trump at the very beginning? He had a short, short-lived. Uh, Mueller just, just got him, and he's not going to have any jail time. Oh, uh, yeah, Ray, uh, Flynn. Flynn. General Thank Flynn. You. Thank you. Do they have anything on Flynn now? This is, supposedly, that's the big thing right now. I don't now. think so. I don't think they really have anything on, any, on anybody. What do they have on anybody? I mean, they, I have, they have Paul Manafort, who was stealing money yet. before he became uh, a member of the campaign. But you listen to liberals and they go, oh, look at all the people that have been indicted. Right. But not one of them, not one here on December 5th or 6th, 6th. of 2018, not one has been indicted for hacking the election, colluding with Russia, colluding. I just want to know, like, what's going to happen when Mueller comes out and says, we're going to indict Hillary Clinton and <laughs> Comey and all these people on CNN who said that Robert Mueller was he was the second that coming of his, Christ. That would be Everything hysterical. he says is perfect. He's of, he's of incredible, impeccable integrity. And then he comes out and he indicts Hillary Clinton and James Comey. They're going to be like, wait, that what? Would be very, very funny. You just watch. Remember this show. You watch when it happens, what CNN does. He'll be that evil Republican. That evil Republican, Mueller. Kim. Kim Kidney at uh, Kim Kidney 1960 at gmail.com if you want to help out uh, uh, Kim uh, get a kidney. She needs a kidney transplant. Thank you for the reminder. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.